on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. You know, for some women, they think a man that's abusive means that he loves her, but it doesn't. He's toxic. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. and so it's based on your perception of love. You know, unfortunately, we don't have intact nuclear families like we did in the past. And no family is perfect. You know, they had issues back then, too. You know, a lot of, a lot of Black men actually went through trauma. I'm actually going to do a show at some point called Leave Mr. Alone. Because a lot of black men went through trauma, but they never got the proper healing. So what you see on the surface with Mr., you see this cantankerous, um, combative man. But Mr. probably went through trauma, too. But yeah. we don't want to talk about that. We just tend to denigrate him. But we don't look at all the nuances that more or less mystically went through that caused him to have the psychopathology that he was exhibiting um, actually in that show. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one -on -one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. The Tribe Vibe is a twist on ladies' night, focusing on self-care for black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sin kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure, you got to love a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, dog. God made you, boo, you know he showed out. Mahogany enchantress, blessings overflow now. Picture of success, seductive silhouettes on a spiritual quest. Manifest and be blessed. 
mother, sister, auntie, tribe of Ashanti, rocking your locks, I got a close crop blondie, the curse and the gift uplift, apply pressure, nothing like a black girl getting a shift together, nothing like a black girl getting a shift together, nothing like a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. This is a podcast about mental health and wellness, as well as self-empowerment for Black women. I'm your host, Ursula. I'm a transformational life coach and a mental health and wellness advocate. And each week, I promise to deliver relevant topics and resources that affect our community so that we can ignite the fire from within. All right, season three is still rolling. This is a bonus episode. And you all know I never, ever, 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 ever air on Sundays. But that goes to show you how much I wanted this particular episode to come on. But before I do all of that, we're going to do a little housekeeping. Um, Make sure and check out my website, blackgirlsgettingtheirshifttogether.com. I have coaching packages. There's digital merchandise merch as well and there's an event coming up i'm going to post it on the social media and um we're going to get right into this uh i have this wonderful guest named the kosher clinician and we found each other in these youtube streets (laughs) but before i start let me just preface this by saying and this is for anyone who can hear me Yes, the title of this is Black Men Therapy Stagnation. It is not about male bashing whatsoever, especially not for the brothers. This is just part one. Part two is coming up with therapist Sarita Yvonne, and we're going to have it from the female perspective. So the way I'm looking at it, it's about healing and coming together. There's enough divide between brothers and sisters. It's healing and coming together. So don't drop up in my inbox about male back. That is not the case. That's why I wanted a brother to come on. And he is a professional. This is what he does. He is a clinician. He is a therapist. So not just my opinion. I mean, we're we're getting it from the man right here. One of the men. Yeah. So I just wanted to preface that. And so anybody, if you have any light bulb moments, something that just resonated with you, make sure and put some light bulb emojis in the comment section. Make sure when you come on and say hello to the lovely guest I have here, the kosher clinician. And if it's replay, just type replay in in the comments. Let me know. All right. Housekeeping finish. The kosher clinician. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, young lady. I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be on your platform to have this collaboration because we are living in a time where things are very fragmented between Black men and Black women in the Black community. And unfortunately, because of that fragmentation, it's caused a chasm in the relationships between Black men and Black women with uh, marriage rates precipitously dropping and men not seeing the benefits of relationships 
for a myriad of reasons. But we'll talk about that as you narrate this great discussion. Perfect. Well, I just a couple of questions that I wanted to know is why did you choose the name the kosher clinician? Because when I hear kosher, then I saw you. I say, like, okay. And now I'm listening to a lot of your lives, and you're multi-layered. I know it has to be something very well, interesting. Well, it, well, it is. It's in the esoteric. Um, the word kosher comes from Hebrew, uh, and Hebrew he, uh, kosher means complete. Um, and so, you know, I grew up in a you know traditional church, traditional Pentecostal Church of God in Christ type church. But you know, I've studied the Judeo-Christian fabric or the Judeo-Christian roots. And so in the Hebrew, the skiva, the seven, means complete. God rested. Uh, you should be resting today, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but God rested on the seventh day after six works, six days of rest. And so I tell men, Ursula, that there are seven steps that a man must go through, Ursula, in order to become an optimized male. Um, he must go do, he must understand faith, family, finances, female psychology, world travel, world travel politics, and male mental health or physical health. Once he can master all those core variants, then he will become optimized. And so my, my motto or my mantra is, if it's not seven, it's not kosher. Yes. If it's not kosher, it's not right. Because in Judaism with the Levites, in order for something to be righteous, it had to be kosher. And so, you know, that was a you know a little catchphrase that I created. I, I need to get it copyrighted for these Negroes in the street who's trying to steal my stuff because um yeah because <laughs> you know i try to you know i try to be kosher in everything i do even with my creativity you know i love being you know organic you know i want to be you know i don't like you know biting people's stuff i know the leader turned to talk i stole his thumbnail but i thought i was inspired <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask you about that <laughs> look when he said that i was like oh shit. <laughs> i didn't steal it per se it, it, it actually the way he formatted his thought thumbnail i looked at it and uh, and and so, Cosby had on a suit and his, he had on a regular shirt with mine. He had uh, uh, like a black banner over his face, um, over his mouth. I had a banner over his eyes. Mine said prima facie, which means blind justice with the scale. So you know, I didn't copy it. I was inspired by it, but I didn't you know do a duplicate you know and say okay. That's the know, word you I, said. You like I was inspired, but I you know what? Right, because it was cool. Streets, all men are inspired. We we all look at concepts and reflect a little bit. Some steal it right out, and some just flip it. But it was all in jest. I love that brother. He's an awesome guy, and um, you know he's very he's kind. You know he's been an asset to my growth and channel, and uh, I'm forever grateful for his um, kindness. He's a wall of sound like you too, so he's a Pisces. Y'all tend to be impasse. Oh, really? Interesting. Right. Interesting. And you know, I that's how I found you. So if anybody is wondering, it was on the lead attorney's channel. Right. Right. And right. when you came on, oh my God. I was like, who the hell is this brother? I couldn't <laughs> even type fast enough. I <laughs> I <couldn't>... right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the love. I, I appreciate that. that means yeah, that's why I had to slide up in that DM real quick. I said, because people are gonna ask him to come up here i said let me get let me get first in line right, Before, right, right. while you were talking to him i had already slid up in that dm already <laughs> you funny. oh i'm dead stared i am so serious okay. i appreciate that Thank you. <laughs> well you know my platform is mental health and wellness That's advocacy and especially for our community because i too was that person that had a stigma attached to it 
and I'm not anymore, obviously. But you know, mental health, just the awareness, it was such a a mind shift for me. Hence this platform. And when I saw a clinician on your name and then you were just spitting fire, I was like, right. yeah. I right, want right. this brother to come on and be inspired okay. by our topic today. And it's right. okay. And sisters who are listening, because I have mostly female listeners, you know, share this video with the men in your life. Young brothers, your grandfather, uncle, it doesn't matter. It, this is for everyone. Right. All right. Let's get into this. Uh, before we do, what made you want to become a therapist? Well, you know, uh, Ursula, you know, when I was a child around about 11 or 12, I knew I was going to be a mediator. I knew at some at some form I was going to be a counselor. I just didn't know to the capacity. And so, you know, even younger, you know, when I was around seven or eight, I asked God to give me wisdom. You know, if you think about Leo's, Leo's symbolize light, light symbolize knowledge. And uh, I've always wanted to impart knowledge to people because being a Leo, Leo's love to heal. We're warm. We love to right. see people shine. So. So I always knew being a Miller child because Miller children are problem solvers that I was going to be um, some type of helper. I just never knew I would get to the level that I got to. But I started my journey off Ursula as a mental health correction officer. Um, I got my associate's degree in law enforcement. Um, I went to school to be a cop. Um, never actually did it, but, you know, but I did do that. I did seven years of Department of Juvenile Justice. Um, from there, I went to North Carolina Central, got my bachelor's in social work, went back, got my license in special education to teach school. And then went back and got my, my master's from UNC Chapel Hill, you know, the Tar Heels, you know, that blue swag, and got my <laughs> master's in uh, clinical social work because I knew that there was a need for mental health awareness and advocacy for black men. Because a lot of times therapists didn't really understand men issues based on their training. And so I want to add uh, the therapeutic concept from a masculine, a black masculine's perspective, where men are actually being heard. Now, a lot of times, anytime men speak, they assume Oh, you're bashing, or you hate, or you hate black women. No, we don't hate black women. We love black women. But we want cooperative sisters that are going to respect us and honor us as men so that we can get our shift together and love and protect you all. But see, mm -hmm. you know, I tell our sisters a lot of times, Ursula, you know, as I always say in my show, Teddy Pendergrass said it better than me. Um, it's so good to love somebody and somebody to love you back. But right. if those men are not getting that love then they are more or less either aborting relationships or they are traveling abroad, dealing with, you know, Afro-Latin sisters like you that have been trained in cultures and traditions that are more synonymous to what they're used to in the past from their mothers and their grandmothers and their great-grandmothers. Men need love. We need affirmation. We need healing. But, but what if they didn't see that growing up? So what do you mean if they didn't see it? Explain. What do you mean by that? Well, they want love. Is you know, everyone I think has that innate sense of wanting and yearning right. love, but if they don't, they never had it. Right, right. So, so right. I see your point. So there could be a toxic love or um, or a love that's not more or less predicated on healthy relationships, and what they perceive to be love actually could be dysfunction, based on what they perceive to be love. You know, um, you know. For some women, they think a man that's abusive means that he loves her, but it doesn't. He's toxic. <laughs> and so and so it's based on your perception of love. You know, unfortunately, we don't have intact nuclear families like we did in the past. And no family is perfect. You know, they had issues back then, too. You know, a lot of, a lot of black men actually went through trauma. I'm actually going to do a show at some point called Leave Mr. Alone. 
because a lot of black men went through trauma, but they never got the proper healing. So what you see on the surface with Mr., you see this cantankerous, um, combative man, but Mr. probably went through trauma too. <laughs> but yeah. we don't want to talk about that. We just tend to denigrate him, but we don't look at all the nuances that more or less mystically went through that caused him to have the psychopathology that he was exhibiting um, actually in that show. That's interesting. And, you know, another motivation I've had of this show is some reality show that I have watched and the this particular male on the show, he loved, so to speak, with so much toxicity mm -hmm. and his partner stayed with him. She stayed with them. They were for 14 years. And that's how he grew up. He said he never saw that, which is, like I said, my motivation of having this show so that people can recognize if something is toxic or not. But. Right. So. Well, well we tend to throw the word toxic around so much, Ursula. Um, uh, we do allow the happenstance, like we throw the word narcissistic around, or he, he's a narcissist. Anyone can have narcissistic traits but they're not nar bona fide narcissistic personality disorder. All human beings can exhibit elements of mental illness without actually having a true diagnosis. Absolutely. But, but we tend to just throw it around, Ursula, you know, you know, sometimes we misconstrue masculine men as being, you know, he's a narcissist. But if you go in countries like Africa, even from your country, you know, a lot of men are just dominant. They're just dominant masculine men, but it can be misconstrued. Oh, he's a narcissist. Actually, a lady called me on the lead attorney channel. Uh, that word you know and i, I just laughed out like whatever but um but but um, <laughs> but but like i said you know um there definitely are a lot of barriers into our community uh, that needs to be addressed and um and, and i think our women need to be open into listening yeah and there is a there is a section of sisters that are listening but unfortunately a lot of those sisters get chatted by the women that say they want healthy relationships because listen ursula masculine men will not capitulate to BS, they're just not going to. Now you can get a cream puff or, or a weaker man, he might do it, but a masculine dominant man, it'll never happen. It's not in our nature. Masculine men say what they mean and mean what they say. And I think mm -hmm. we live in a world where a lot of our women are not used to it. When they see it, they don't know what to do. So they start labeling it out of fear. Mm -hmm. So speaking of these different names that you had, when I was listening to the video that you had posted a couple months ago, I loved how you started off by saying a hopeless man is a broken man and a broken man is a dangerous man. Right, right. What does that look like? Well, you know, I, I joked with you earlier, you know, I said, you know, you're a cancer. So, <laughs> so, so you definitely want to be hopeless and broken with a cancer. Because cancer is the number one homicide in the Zodiac. But, uh, we call them the Zodiac killers. But um, but a hopeless man, Ursula, basically is a man that doesn't have the proper recourse to deal with his emotions. Now, listen, there is a such thing called healthy coping. Um, there's a such thing called uh, unhealthy coping. And we have not created safe havens for men to deal with their pain. You know, this is the Sunday edition. So let's talk about the prophet Jesus and not trying to push religion, you know. But but Jesus, when he went through his catharsis, found a resting place. It was solace. He went and he prayed and he talked to God. Many men don't have that tribal element or the, the proper skills to emit those negative emotions that have impacted their schema. And because of that, a term that I created, Ursula, is normally forms called a schema affliction. You know, I took the term schema out of cognitive behavior therapy 
which more or less predicates a fixated mindset. But in affliction, Ursula comes from pain or fear. So it becomes a schema affliction. So therefore, a hopeless man is a broken man. He has no hope to admit those emotions. And a broken man is a dangerous man. And that goes back to what we were talking about, about, you know, it can be rampant uh, promiscuity, alcoholism, domestic violence, because men have been told this to suck it up. And so anytime you have safe havens or these synthetic barbershops that a lot of men are doing now, this is actually therapy for a lot of men. It's like a group catharsis where men are allowed to share and admit their pain. And, you know, some people don't like it because they don't really understand it. But I keep telling women how men present to you in your face is totally different than what men say in, in private. And that's you know, what right. This and is true. Understand. They think, oh, but see, I'm just an OG. I just say what I believe in. If I got beef with you, I'll tell you to your face. Or if I got a problem with you, I'm going to be a man and tell you. I'm not going to lie to you because I just don't do that. I don't, to me, that's goofy. And so, yeah, but uh, that's not, uh, I hate to say the word norm. Um, I know it's not the norm. You're right. It's not the norm. Right. You're, you're, it's not the norm, but it's the norm for me because I'm a man of my own convictions, you know. But um, would you say that you are an anomaly? <laughs> I think there are men like me. There are, there are a lot of men like me, but they just don't operationalize uh, their convictions. So I could be, uh, I could be somewhat of an anomaly. I, I think it's a lot of men like me, but I think because of the pushback, the law of men just keep it to themselves, you know, but I'm just genuine. I don't, I think it's, you know, it, to me, it's pretentious to, to tell you one thing to your face and not mean it. You know, I don't, I just don't, I don't believe in lying to people. I don't see the need to. Yeah. You're an anomaly. Too. <laughs> well, going back, I love what you said about the barbershops, you know, it just so happened. I'm a council member. Shout out to the confess project. I know they'll be listening at some point, but it's a barbershop coalition that you actually, they train barbers to practice active listening skills. Right. Right, right, right. So when a customer comes in, cause you know how brothers chop it up and right, right. it's so, it's such a positive organization. And I, matter of fact, I'm about to put their link in the show notes as well, but you touched on that. And I love how you said how men can use a safe, place so that they can express how they feel authentically correct well right. no doubt it has to be authentic you know i mean it's called positive regard you know or or, or what it's called your true self or authentic self and uh and so when you're in your authentic self hopefully you get the positive regard that you need and so mm -hmm. you know you know my, my platform has grown tremendously because you know a lot of men talk about things from a, a perspective but see i can inculcate it ursula from the red pill perspective, but also from a therapeutic perspective. So that makes me more potent because my perspective is a culmination of, of the two. Mm -hmm. and, and I know how to infuse esoteric terms into that culmination. So, you know, I think I bring great, uh, a, a great source of reason. I bring, I think I bring, bring a great level of, of not only support, but also help for a lot of our brothers because, you know, a lot of times intellectualism, uh, Miss, Miss Berger, uh, Ursula, I'm sorry, Ursula, a lot of time intellectualism it's not more or less, uh, how can I say it? It's not more or less uh, shined upon in a positive light. Um, you know, intellectualism, it seems boring because it requires you to think. So so, so when you have these kind of conversations, you know, a lot of people are like, whatever, because of the stigmatization of, of the therapeutic process. Speaking of therapy, uh, uh, 
definitely want to go down sort of the pill avenue. Let's go down the therapeutic avenue, which is why I love to have you on. Why why are brothers so resistant to therapy? Well, well, one because of of they don't really know what therapy is, and then it's the it's the preconceived notion. Like my granddad used to say, if you uh, get therapy, you're crazy as hell. And so they think therapy is a woman's thing too. So they just don't they just don't deal with it. They get stupid. I don't need a therapist. But when you more or less marinate in toxicity for so long, um, you be, tend to become a um, you become an icon of that to- toxicity that you're trying to get rid of. It's mm. almost like um, you're not aware of your own toxicity, you know. And so I think a lot of men just don't understand. They, you know, dysfunction is seen as normal. And yeah. they use unhealthy coping skills to deal with that dysfunction. So what do some of those unhealthy coping skills look like? Just in case some people are listening, uh, men are listening, or women want to relay it to the men in their lives, that what does it look like? Well, I think I said, it in part, I said it in part earlier, but a, a lot of times men tend to isolate. They can isolate themselves from people. They can turn to self-medication, alcoholism, smoking weed, um, you know, promiscuity, violence. Some could be domestic violence, um, hyperaggression, um, mm-hmm. depression. You know, don't you know? Um, uh, overeating, mm-hmm. undereating. Um, it's a myriad on on the spectrum of of the mental health kaleidoscope. It could be a myriad of things, but those are some of the things or core elements that come to my mind um, when men are trying to learn healthy coping skills. You know, uh, and then you know sometimes they can pick up narcissistic traits where they're lying to women or you know, impregnated mm-hmm. women and keeping them moving because they just don't care because of the hurt that they went through. You know, a lot of times, uh, um, Ursula, men, uh, when they love, they love hard because love is not an emotion that we experience like women. Women, you guys experience emotions on a wave and a continuum. But the element of love for a man, when he's really in love, it goes back to the, to the moniker. When a man fall, he literally falls in love because of that woman that he love betrays him it can be a detriment that's when some men commit suicide because they fail instead of having an avenue outside of that fall now i tell men to focus on their purpose you can love a woman within reason but you can never love her more than your purpose because if she decides to leave you or be with another man you're hurt but you'll be fine you'll get over it because you have your purpose over the fickle notion of romanticism and love love is an emotion that comes and goes it comes and goes um and so when you have your purpose your purpose always supersede uh you know love. it'll supersede so, love listen listen love love itself once again is emotion let me ask you this question have you ever heard women say if i ever got married again i would marry for money i never yeah. married for love yes why do you think they say that excuse me why do you think they say that uh been hurt in the past and right, love right. probably blinded by love right 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 so 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 not i'm not saying love is not important love definitely is important it's very important but it does not supersede a man's purpose love see see when a man is on his purpose he can give you the love that you want but see when he's not on his purpose then he's more or less acquiescing to feelings instead of acquiescing to principle does that make sense? He's acquiescing to feelings instead of acquiescing to principles. Principles are fixed and solid. They don't change. 
feelings do. So it can't be fluid. I'm just curious. Or with it being fluid, is that where the well, well, principles are not principles are not fluid. Principles are fixed. It is you know, but love love sometimes can be fluid, but but principles are not. So my point is, if, if I'm focused on my principles as a man, then I can continue to work on building my kingdom and my empire to at some point give you the love that you so desire and need. Most progressive and successful men, they'll tell a woman, you're not going to be number one in my life. You'll, you'll have a place in my life. But my purpose supersedes that. Because, see, you got to understand, with, with men, men lose a lot in society. You know, they can lose their, their homes. They can lose their, their whatever. You know, if they get with a woman that's not a woman of principle, she might say, oh, I don't love you anymore. No fault divorce has proved that. And so I don't love you anymore, so I'm going to divorce you. So now his whole world is shattered. Because he based his mindset based on the fickle notion of love instead of basing it on principles and purpose. Not so, saying you can't love because love is a part of inner relationships. It's part of it. But it doesn't it does not supersede his purpose and his principles. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no worries, no worries. So because I'm not a man. Right. I'm not trying to be one. So I don't have the mind of one. But what if a man was to ask you, well, what does my purpose and principle look like? Because there are a lot of us men, women, doesn't matter what color. A lot of us are walk, to my opinion, a lot of us walk around with our eyes wide shut. Right, 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 right. So how does that look if they ask you? Well, your purpose is synonymous to principle. Your principles are your value systems that more or less help spearhead you into that next dimension of your masculinity as a man. That's why most men in the past, Ursa, were very stoic. They didn't really show love. They were just stoic because they realized that they had a purpose that superseded emotions. And so look at your great-granddad, your granddad. They, they, had, they, were, they were very stone-faced, some of them because of what they went through. But look, I ain't got time to be, be showing all that flowery, flowery stuff. I got to make this money. I got to take care of my family. And mm -hmm. so, so, so a lot of times when you have your purpose, your purpose is why, why, why God puts you on this planet. Mm -hmm. And so when you're focused on your purpose, then you're doing God's work because you're getting to the next, the next echelon of your progression. But if you're more or less focused on something like feelings, which is euphemistic, it, it goes away. Ask yourself the question. If, if, how many of our women have been in relationships and they said they love that man, but then they fall in love with another man, then they fall in love with another man. <laughs> but but you're constantly falling in love with a person, but at the same time, that feeling comes and goes. But if I have my principles, which is my word, and it goes back to theology, if you believe in it, you know, Jesus said heaven and earth would pass away, but my word would stand forever. And so because his word is his principle, it doesn't change regardless of life circumstance. When the winds of life come to beset him, he has a principle, which is his word. And so when a man has his word, he's able to stand the adversities of time. If this woman that says she loves me, stay with me, then she's going to be blessed because I'm going to give her the world. I'm gonna, we're going to build together. We're going to get our ship together. You know, that's still the point. We're going to get our ship together. And we're going to love each other. And we're going to build a legacy. Don't put that on the thumbnail with my shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, not do that. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but, uh, but so, 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 when, when, so, yeah. So he, he realized he has his focus and his purpose. So when a man is on his purpose, guess what? He can be the best version of himself. So he can be the best version for you. Mm. <laughs> because he, if he's the best version for you, then you're going to get this, you can get all of him. 
But you got to understand on the back end, you're going to benefit from him being on his purpose because he's going to leave a legacy. See, I always tell our women, Ursula, that uh, in, in, in healthy relationships in the esoteric, right? The moon is the woman that reflects the sun. If right. the sun gets too close to the moon based on love, then you're going to burn the, the moon out. So at some point, the moon is going to run away from the sun because it's too close. But when the moon, when the sun stays in its proximity and it, and it more or less focuses on its purpose, which is to give light and heat and love to the moon, then the moon can reflect the glory of the sun because it's not too close to it. You, you ever dated a guy, he was always in your DM calling you every day. You got bored of that man. Why? Why would you get bored of the man always saying, baby, you know, I love you calling you every day? Because he's not on his purpose. By nature, you want to look up to a masculine man. You don't want a man chasing you behind you because you don't have respect for him. But when that man have healthy boundaries, which is his proximics and which is which are his boundaries, then you have an abiding love for that man because that man is in his orbit. But at the same time, that man is on his purpose, which is to get life, light, and love. And therefore, you will reflect his glow, his glory, which is his glow. Women that are in love tend to glow. You ever seen a woman in love? She glows because she's been touched by the sun, which is a man, a good man. That. Mm. So are you saying that if a brother goes to therapy, that that could get him on that path it's or at least some somewhat of enlightenment? No, no doubt. It definitely can. If if he's with the right therapist, it's if he's having the, the right treatment model and if he's willing to do the work, but also Ursula willing to do what's called the shallow work. The shallow work are those dark parts of his life that he's not aware of, but he must do the work in order to more or less get rid of all those barriers to his life. You know, I'm glad you said that. I swear to God, you're like, you're like in my head because I want to put this. Uh, I While you were talking in that video, you had talked about shadow work or the Jahari window, right. which I thought was extremely interesting right. so let's see if i can pull it up and if you don't mind because this was new t i've heard of shadow work but i didn't know that there were different names for it well the jahari window actually mirrors that i don't you know i you know shadow work is, is a totally different concept is but it the, but the jahari window has some elements to shallow work the known self the private self the public self and the unknown self so when you coalesce the two right yeah there you go right you know the open self the blind self the hidden self and the unknown self, information that you not neither others know about you. And the blind self information about you that you don't know, but others know. So I would say those two quadrants are very essential. And, and Do, excuse me, work. excuse me, brother. Do you mind going through these starting with the open and just to briefly explain, just to break it down? Right, right, right. So, never heard of it. Right, right. So in the Jahari window, you have what's called the open self. That's the known self, and it's known to you, and it's also known to others. But then you have what's called the hidden self. That's information about you that you know, but others don't know. It's known to you, but it's unknown to others. But then you have the blind self. <laughs> it's unknown to you, but it's known to others. Information that you know about yourself, but others don't know. But then you got the unknown self, and that's information that's unknown to you and unknown to others. Mm. And that's information that you, neither others know about yourself. And so a lot of times it's something called the unconscious pathology where you're not aware of those um, unconscious motivations that are more or less besetting you. And it's crucial that you do the shallow work to find out why you're doing some of the things that you're doing. 
Mm-hmm. So in, in that instance, let's see if I can get this off of here. Is when therapy will work, correct? As far as knowing about, is that would be the thing that people will go to therapy to learn about that unknown self. Right. So that's when you become more calibrated. You know, that's when you begin to calibrate your mind. You know, you start to break up those that what I call that fallow ground. You know, in the gospel, fallow was ground that was hard. But in order to break up that fallow ground to make the mind fertile, you must break it up like a farmer toiling the soil. And so when you toil that soil to break up the foulness of the mind, then therefore you become enlightened and you begin to see things for what it is and you begin to grow and mature because you can to see which is knowledge so a lot of times people have a brokenness in their mind that that's a schema it's a fixated way of thinking and until that schema become broken or more or less restructured or modified they will continue in that negative pathology mm, wow that's some deep stuff right there sir <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about why therapy is essential in your video. I love that example. You use the analogy about got milk. Can you explain that? Oh, right, 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 right. That was pretty right. dope. Right, right. You know, and I'm, I'm disappointed. That video should have been, you know, like a five-star video. I was mad because, you know, the algorithm is weird. You know, I, I thought that was one of my better videos. And and so, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it didn't get a lot of views, but it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's good. So, so a lot of times, it's milk is the fortification of the body. Therapy is the fortification of the mind. So when I say it got milk, that was a commercial back in the day. I don't know how you are. You, you look young, but ah, thank you. I'm um twenty three. I'm twenty eight today. Oh, you twenty eight today? Okay. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, commercial uh, of Ursula got milk, and so got milk was basically asking the question: Have you drunk your milk today? Because milk is essential to the fortification of the bones. But I took it and flipped and said, got therapy because therapy is essential to the fortification of the mind. Mm. And listen, therapy is not necessarily Eurocentric, academic-based therapy. Therapy can also be faith. Faith can be a form of therapy if you know how to operationalize it correctly. But the thing about, um, how can I say, empirical-based therapy, it tends to more or less highlight on four quadrants. That's the bio, psycho, social, and the spiritual. But the Bible actually talks about that because it said that man is body, soul, and spirit. So they're in a, we're integrated beings. We're integrated. And right. so when one is augmented, you can have what's called a psychosomatic response. And so that's why it's so important for all to be balanced. If the mind is healthy, then the body would be healthy. Mm-hmm. If the body is healthy, then the mind would be healthy because we're integrated. But then that's there the alignment. Yes, yes, ma'am. Alignment. But then there are things outside of that, which is called the spirit. Now, a lot of times in clinical research, we look at things through the lens of what's called imp- empirical collaborative empiricism. We say, where's the evidence? What they is that? Know. So collaborative empiricism basically means when we come together and talk and share information, collaborate. Empiricism means science. But then there's something called the phenomenological argument that supersedes that empiricism, right? And so with that, it's a phenomenon that can that, that supersedes science. Carl Jung or Jungian psychology was more or less predicated on the phenomenological, which more or less deals with the esoteric. Um, Is that Carl Jung? Carl Jung, right. Mm-hmm. Jung, okay. 
Right. You know, he was, um, you know, to like astral projection and all that stuff. So that's like a, a that's like a bit, that's like, that's like hyper spiritual stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so, so yeah. So, yeah. So, so everything must be in balance back to point. Everything must be in balance in order to have cohesion where everything is in balance then men can be happy. And I think the reason why men are, are going abroad or dating abroad or not dating at all, um, because, um, you know, in behavior psychology, men needs drive behaviors. And so if you're not getting your needs met, then you, you can either develop counterproductive behaviors or more or less uh, more stoic behaviors that can, can or may not be a detriment to yourself and those around you. So, yeah. Interesting. Um you have about a couple of hearts from Linda Gamble. She dropped that. And everyone, I'm going to drop the link if you'd like to come on and ask the kosher clinician any questions respectfully. I have no problem with you coming on. Um, <clears throat> I love what you said, talking about the alignment and balancing. Is that what you mean when you said how in that video that you attract with what you are am i saying that right um i don't know i i, I don't know what the video was i would have to see it to contextualize it. Uh, i don't really know <laughs> but I, I do believe you attract what you are you know um mm -hmm. you know human beings uh operate on a vibration a vibration that the gospel said that the light of the of the mind is the soul you know the, or the window to the soul are the eyes and so based on what's inside your soul that's what you're going to emit um, there was a study done by a guy named, named Dr. Yoromoto, and um, it was a rice study, right? And so the rice that got love, the rice never got, the, the rice the rice actually lived, or the rice was healthy, but the rice that was neglected became black, and then the rice that was yelled at actually became even worse. So my point is, life and death is in the power of the tongue, like the gospel say, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so when your energy is dark, just like we're energy, you know, we're energy. You're we energy. are. We're energy. Um, you know, when uh, when God breathed life into man, it was called pneuma, which means the soul or the air. And so we're energy. And so when your energy is toxic, you can feel it. And so most men are attracted to feminine, genuine women, not fake. But a true feminine woman would mess a man up when she's genuinely feminine. Why would it mess up. a man up? Because... They become because men and women, uh, Ursula, are optimized to become synchronized. You know, if you think about the union and the fusion of a man and a woman when they're making love, they are optimized to be synchronized. So when he getting that synchronicity from her femininity, he's at peace. It's like a melange. You know, it's like a it's like a dance, and they are actually poetry in motion, and mm -hmm. it's powerful. And it's something that a lot of our women are missing. They want it. Women by nature want to be covered. But a man, she can have degrees, she can be rich, she can have a nice house, she can have all of that. But women are made and designed to be synchronized with a man. When some say, oh, I don't need a man. Oh, yes, you do. You don't know you need one, but you do need one. You need a good one. I but believe that's know. trauma speaking with that. I don't need, that's just my opinion. No, I, I agree with I'm you. I'm a clinician. No, 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 no. You're right. I agree with you 100%. That comes from I, a place. I, right. Yes, ma'am. I think it comes from vicarious trauma. See, I did a show called Empowered to be Depowered. And um, you, you look, check that show out um, because she saw her mom go through trauma. So she became a subjugate or a mirror of the trauma that her mom went through. Mm -hmm. And some of it, Ursula, came out of rebellion. Listen, I need men. I would be a fool to say I don't need a man. I might not need him for love, for love and sex, but I need him from utility. 
And so when women say, oh, I don't need no man, yes, you do. You might not need them for a relationship, but you know, I'm, I'm, I want to get, can I get raw? <laughs> it's Sunday, get raw. <laughs> Wait, don't make me mad now. Well, how raw are you gonna get? Well, okay, well, listen, I've seen you do shows about the female orgasm and stuff. So oh, okay. That way. Oh, yeah. It's Sunday. <laughs> this is Sunday through Sunday here. Go it's, for it's it. Kosher. It's kosher, right? Kosher. <laughs> and unkosher is okay too. It's all right. <laughs> we grown. Look, I'm 28. Go ahead. Right, right. So, so so you know, just like you know, the apparatus that she uses to please herself. Yes. Which, is a, which is a deal, though. A man created that. Right. The house that she lives in, a man created that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, the gun that she uses, a man created that. You know, the car she drives, man, mankind. I, I need mankind. So so when you say you don't need a man, you do. You might not need him for, for sex and love, but you do. And even that, that apparatus gets old because it's not like human touch to stimulate that synapses in your mind. That's neuroscience. You know, and I'll, I'll, I, start my, I start my show by saying, Ursula, I got that fire for your mind. Fire for your mind is when the synapses and everything is in balance. The neurons, the synapses are coming together and therefore you become enlightened. So I'm, I'm going to drop fire for your mind, which will more or less open up your cognitions. And once those cognitions are more or less open, then you can see. So so it's weird because, you know, I, I don't know where it came from. I do it because I'm a Leo fire for your mind. But then in, in the clinical work, fire for your mind. When you see my kosher clinician banner, fire for your mind. Yeah, you know it basically means I'm about to drop that fire for your mind, so you can see. And once you see, you can break that schema or that schema affliction that you are dealing with. And I didn't realize that I was actually speaking life to myself, or I was actually speaking some poetically. But once that, but once that mind is calibrated, the synapses, the neurons are connected. In neuroscience, your mind, your brain begins to grow. Look, think about this. They did a study. Um, about uh, babies. Remember when we were in college, Ursula, they did a study with babies. The babies that were giving love, support, food, and shelter, that baby actually lived. But the baby that was only given food actually died. Jesus said that a man can't live by bread alone. He got to have the spirit to calibrate it all because we are integrated. We're integrated mm. beings. He got to have all of it. If one is off kilter, then the other will die. And so a lot of our men and women are not getting the proper nutrition that they need as it relates to spirituality and therapy. That's why they are dying. They're not optimized. They're not optimized. The man must be optimized and the woman needs to be optimized in order to be synchronized. But we got a lot of desynchronous people coming to relationships instead of causing optimization. They're causing chaos. Yes. Right. And, you know, I agree because transparent moment, I've been that person. Right, right, I'm not right. proud of it. Right. And I've been right. that person for a long time. Right. So, but I, I didn't know. But, you know, I hold myself to a higher standard now because I do know. And what I don't know, I'm still trying to learn. But, I, yeah, it's just uh, one traumatized person with another traumatized person. Like you said, it... I never thought of the word chaos, but it is true chaos. It's chaos, right. <sighs> it's due to brokenness. It's, it's due to brokenness. And, and one time the church was a safe haven for the fortification of the soul. And, and the church always didn't get it right. You know, they didn't always They did right. not. Sometimes they'll say, oh, you know, we use can pray the way. No, you can't pray the way, sweetie. You need help. You uh, know, cousins don't want to yeah, go to therapy. 
Right, it's just right. easy to pray, right. but I'm going to stay away from the church aspect of it. I, yeah, the I way I grew up, huh? I understand. That's how I understand your position. I respect that. Yeah. Because, um, the way I was raised, church was used as a weapon. Right, 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 right. And it was spiritual abuse. Right. Hello, Vivid Life. She's stopping through to say hello to us. Yeah, I, I tell Vivid Life I say hello. Um, there she, she's so freaking cute. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I said I was going to reach out to her at some point and do a show, too. I, I think she's out of Richmond, but tell her I say hello. Vivid Life, I got him first, sis. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I'm actually gonna reach out to her as well. We, right, right. yeah, but um, let me. I had another note on here. Who was um? Okay, so these are the notes that I wanted from the video you had when you were talking about doing shadow work and the stagnation with black men and not going to therapy or going to some therapy. Can you explain what the existential crisis? It right, is. Right, I wasn't right. understanding that, and how can it circle back to the therapy? Okay, I, I'm gonna break it down for you. Right, that's yeah. Excellent. So listen. So all human beings go through at least seven or eight stages of psychosocial development, according to Erickson. I'm at a stage in my life called generality versus stagnation. Right. So stagnation, yeah, generality means you're actually generating your life outcomes that you so desire. I mean, you're living your best life. So anywhere from 40 to 50, um, 39 to 50 is generality. But stagnation means you're at a crisis or a nexus point in your life where you're not growing, you're just stagnant. So when you're stagnant, you, you have what's called an existentialist crisis. And it basically means, why am I living? What's my purpose for life? That's why I told you your purpose supersedes everything. What's my purpose? You're just existing like a rock. You haven't completed nothing. You, you, ain't, you, know, you ain't completed, excuse my language, a damn thing. But you're mm -hmm. just existing. So you have an existentialist crisis. And so you do one thing. You you set back and you do the shallow work. You heal and then you move forward. Or you continue to mire in that stew of mediocrity. Do you see my point? I and do. So, and so so when you begin to grow, when you begin to um, actualize that that phase that you're in, you either become, you, you either grow or you become, you continue to become stagnated. Erickson talked about that. Generality. You said Erickson? Eric Erickson, generality versus stagnation. Because there are eight stages of psychosocial development. Psycho, mind, social means how you're going forward. Psychosocial development, right. Yeah, that hit me. Because when in the video you had said how people start having those feelings when they become a certain age or... Right. If they're on their deathbed and now they're having all this regret. Right, 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 right. And see, people, I'm going to do a show, you know, you don't have to agree with everything Case Salmon say, you know, but he made a valid point. He said that some will die alone. And so, you know, it's unfortunate. But, you know, the last stage that Erickson talked about, it was called ego integrity. It's similar ego to what? what? Ego integrity. So ego integrity means I feel good about what I've left. Now I'm about to leave a legacy for my children. I'm about to cross over into the spirit world. And, and look, I get it. I, I know why I grew up in church. Uh, the application of theology is how you use it if you use it correctly and in balance. You're right. There was some church abuse. Some people did use the gospel to suppress, oppress, and to manipulate people. But that's, that does not invalidate the tenets of theology. I think the book itself is a great book. But back to point. But then it's, so it's, it's ego integrity similar to what the Apostle Paul said. I kept the faith. But now it's laid upon me a crown of life. He realized he had lived up to his purpose. 
His mm. purpose was to proselytize the Gentiles about the mercies and the richness of God. So he was happy. It's time for me to cross over and see God. But the spare says, Ursula, on my deathbed, damn, I haven't lived. I didn't fulfill my purpose. And now I'm broken. And before I cross over, mm. I'm beginning to look over my life. And before I take my last breath, I can say to myself, I have not lived my life on purpose. And that's why I say a man's purpose supersedes the fickle emotion called love. Because, listen, those same emotions you can create again with another woman. But you can't create your purpose. I can fall in love with you and we can break up and I can fall in love with another woman. But if my purpose is still intact, then my mind is still intact. But if my purpose is not intact, then I'm not intact. Because mm. we were all born with a purpose. And once that purpose has been, been manifest in the earth, then not only do you benefit, the world benefit. Oof. That is a word. Someone, whoever's listening, drop a light bulb in the comment section for me because I can't do it on this platform right here. That is some good stuff. You know, that reminds me of, I was watching this video on uh, Instagram, some little reel, and this lady was talking about 168. And she asked everybody, well, what does 168? So everybody's in the comments and and she's like, no, no, no. And she said 168 is how many hours are in a week. And what would you do if you had one week or 168 hours to live? Are you going to try to find that purpose? Or are you just still going to bumble around? And right. well, I know I have this gift. I'm just going to just throw it back here and right. I'll get right. to it. Right. And right. before you know it, you're 83 or 53 even and you right. know i always believe spirit has it's like a little kid who's tugging on your on your skirt or a pants like you're because you're a brother and it's just that nagging and you know it's there but now i get it you know um i see the light bulb moment when right, you're talking right. about finding your purpose and sometimes i believe the purpose finds you that's yeah, I think that that can happen as well. But we have these healthy and unhealthy coping skills to mask it. Right. And what are you going to do in that? Just live your life like you're on hour one left. Right. I got to right. do that for myself to, or continue. I'm working on it. I'm right, working right. on and it. It's, and it's a process, but you got to be aware of what's going on before you can actualize that process. You know, you know, Maslow hierarchy needs talked about love. Uh, you know, protection, uh, security. But then the last stage was self-actualization. And, you know, you know, that's more of the esoteric. Some believe that the actualization itself is not the epigenesis to life. But in the Christian faith, they believe that the actualization of mankind is a man love and abiding love for God because God is infallible. But that's another story. I'm giving you theological gems, you know. I, I ain't going to get y'all to take up a love offer because y'all going to lose a business. Y'all talking about money. <laughs> Niggas, I know, right? I should have put that cash out up in here. <laughs> so, tell, listen, tell the audience, they can always cash out dollar sign seven small because I put in work. <laughs> tell them they can dollar, cash, out, cash, out, cash out dollar sign seven small. But if they can't, if they can't donate, tell them to help me get to a thousand. I'm almost there. I'm like the little, little princess in the frog with the girls. I'm almost there. I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. <laughs> tell, tell them to go check my, uh, check my YouTube channel up, like and subscribe. And we can, you know, get this show on the road because uh, I'm passionate. This is my purpose. 
yes. to sisters like you to inspire the brotherhood. I God God gave it to me, you know. And you said you said something very poignant. I always knew I had a gift, but it was so powerful. I used to sit on it because I was I was arrogant, you know. I said, well, you know, I'm not going to use this gift because most folks can't handle it. So I got big headed. But then the spirit of God came to me and like the little kids used to say in church, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That's because, right. Because when you optimize the gift and the talent that God gave you, if you keep it to yourself, it benefits your ego. But if you give it to others, it benefits the world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. What do you mean it benefits the ego? Well, well, you know, it's almost like taking gems and you're burying your treasures. You know, think about it. You know, if I got a seed, right, and that seed could feed a million people, but I get selfish and I say, you know what, they are not worthy of that seed, then that seed will only benefit me and my and my ego. Mm. But if I plant that seed and that seed yields a harvest, then it benefits the world. Damn. It benefits the world. And so it's important because when God, when Christ came, he gave his best. He gave his best. He didn't give a part of himself. But he emptied himself. It's called the kenosis of God. He emptied himself and he gave light to the world. And so it's time for me to empty myself. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Ooh, does that mean you come back? <laughs> back. Just think about it. <laughs> well, no, what I mean by emptying myself, it means that I'm gonna go forth, go. I'm I'm I got my foot on the on the pedal. Yeah. And I'm gonna as many people as I can before I leave this planet. Yes. Know, I just turned the big five old, you know, and I've wasted some time, you know, um, I, you know, it was like yesterday, you know, when I created my AOL account and uh, I was 34, I said, oh, I got plenty of time. But now half of my life is over and I'm getting closer to the grave. And it's, it gets sad because I have so much light to give to the world, you know, and so I want to make sure I give my light to those that need it, you know, and inspire as many people as I can. And those that are not worried of that light, then I'm going to, you know, just keep it to myself and keep giving to those that want it. Absolutely. And, you know, God bless you for having that platform. Uh, I, it's all about healing. That's right. how I see it. Right. And as you're talking, I realize that I've always or I'm not real. I know I've I always I knew I always had that something in me. But through childhood trauma and just dysfunction, I let other people put their foot on my gas pedal and it wasn't always, it definitely wasn't for my best interest. And then they would slam on the brake. I would allow them to slam on the brakes. Mm -hmm. Right, but right, you right, see, right. I know goddamn better now. Right, 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 right. And, you know, I know better. So I challenge myself to do better. Right, For right. sure. No doubt. For sure. So, um, man, I can talk to you all day. Oh, I can't. <laughs> so you actually, I had some other notes, but you were flowing. You went right through it. So, because I had all my notes about the schema, a schema affliction. You already went right into that. Right, right, but, right, right. right. <laughs> I, you know, I was a teacher, um, uh, Ursula. I was a teacher, you know, I, I taught special ed. So, you know, I'm able to scaffold knowledge through deductive reasoning. You know, I know how to scaffold. You know, you you have to be like, Jesus, he he conveyed the richness of heaven by using teaching. Sometimes the esoteric is so complex that most people won't understand if you use esoteric terms. But you have to deconstruct the esoteric and give it to people in simple language so that they that they can understand it. Absolutely, so, right, make it palatable. Make it palatable. If I if I say it to the masses and it and they, they don't understand it, then it glorifies me. 
But if I say it so the world can understand it, then it glorifies uh, it glorifies the uh, humanity. And mm. that's what I would rather. Do. I'd rather glorify humanity. I, I'm ready. That's why I say I want my light to shine as bright as it can. Because, yeah. you know, many men, uh, Ursula, have gone to the grave site. And the echoes of the pain of brokenness is in the grave. The grave holds the secret of many men and women, unfortunately. And they never, they went to the grave broken and nobody heard their pain. And so it's time for me to be the agitator, to agitate, to stir up that pain so That's that right. the world can hear it so they no longer have to suffer in pain. I started the Manhood Chronicles where men can go because it's a combination. I call it art imitating life or clinical art or clinical science manifesting in the human art. So I started the Manhood Crisis Chronicles where men actually tell their story, unfiltered, unapologetically masculine. But then the kosher clinician is more or less flipping it from the clinical world where I explore and assess pathologies, but more or less use art to amalgamate the concept is so people can understand it. If I just come to you and just talk basic stuff and basic technical terms with mental health, most folks, they ain't gonna understand it. It's gonna be boring to them. But you gotta know how to flex it in order to make it work. You gotta flex it. Once you flex it, it's, it makes sense. And so I had to flex it. And um, you know, being the man that I am, I've ha always had to learn to think critically. You don't get to where I've gotten there if you can't think. You gotta be a critical thinker. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very intentional, but I'm very critical in my analysis. I have to be in order to survive. No, no different than our ancestors. They had to be critical when Absolutely. they were hunters, as hunters and gatherers. They had to be critical thinkers because if you don't, you, you're not going to survive. Mm, 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 mm. What are some of your highlights, your high points throughout your career with, with being a, a conduit and just spreading all this well, for you know, brothers? Well, you know, I I, like I said, I grew up Church of God in Christ, grew up at Pentecostal Holiness. So I taught Sunday school. I was a superintendent. And you're right. I saw some malfeasance even there. But, you know, because of my, my brightness, some people are intimidated by it. You know, I'm 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six with shoes on. So I'm a big <gasps> man. Me too! No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, joking. Go so, ahead. So when, you, when you see a big 6'5", man, this masculine, but at the same time, he speaks with conviction and power. Right. Most people are not used to it. It scares them because they, they're not used to it. They don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you know, I just always had a love to help people just in my heart. You know, uh, it's, I guess it's part of me being a Leo. Leo's love to give light. And, uh, and you know, you think about the sun, the sun is warm. It's, it's warm. It's very warm. And right. uh, we love to give light and we love to heal people. And so uh, the highlight, I think the biggest highlight would be going to Carolina. I always wanted to be a Tar Heel. You know, it doesn't get more prestigious than USC Chapel Hill. And that was the, my greatest accomplishment, you know, uh, walking across that stage, hearing the song called In My Mind, I'm Going to Carolina. That was powerful. Almost really? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, Carolina's elite. Most people don't go to Carolina. You, you got you to gotta be on point to get in Carolina. That's that's an elite school. I and see. having the opportunity to go to UNC, you see me represent, you know. Represent ah, all day me. long, I see Tar, it. Tar, Tar Heel flexing, you know, flexing, you know, Tar Heel flex. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but, going, but going to Carolina, you know, that was that that was that that did it, you know, and and that did it, that really did. It. And then also recently going to Brazil, you know, that was a good trip, you know, to see the world, see different angles from the world from an anthropological perspective. 
Mm-hmm. And just seeing how people operate, you know, that 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 that's like a highlight of my life as well. But I would say going to UNC Chapel Hill and, and going all by actually going to North Carolina Central because I always wanted to go there. Central is a you know got a little bougie bougie swag, you know, it's an upscale black school. You know, some some famous black progenitors just went to North Carolina Central. You know, a lot of Central has a rich history of intellectual blacks. So everything I put my hand to with God's grace, I've accomplished it. And I, I'm proud of myself because yes. a lot of people don't accomplish their dreams because they don't have the toughness to fight through it. But I'm, I'm very fixed. Mm-hmm. Leo's a fix and we don't quit. We keep going. We keep going. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to start wrapping it up. Um, one last question before we officially wrap up. For any brother who's listening to this and they want to start therapy, what what's one thing that they can do to get the process going or right. to take them out of the apprehension? Right. So, so this is what I can do, Ursula. Tell them to come see me at kosherclinician at gmail.com. I can give what's called non-diagnostic consultations, meaning I'm not going to give them a clinical diagnosis, but... I can give them non-diagnostic consultations where I listen to what they're saying and I give them practical outcomes based on what I know and we can go from there. And so tell them, come see me. They're not going to get a more refined therapist than me because most therapists don't have what I have. And I'm not saying it to be arrogant, but they just, they just don't. They don't have my background. You know, right. I'm a scientist and I'm an artist. Most only understand the science of therapy. They don't, have, they don't understand the art. So tell them to come see me at kosherclinician at gmail.com and we can have a collaboration and we can uh, I can break that. I can help them break that scheme. Of fiction. I love it. You know, I will put that in the show notes in the show description. I put your YouTube channel in there already. So right. you all make sure you just click on the sh- go in the show description and click on the link and it'll take you directly to his YouTube homepage. And his email address is on there as well. But I will add that as soon as we finish this live for mm-hmm. sure. No doubt. And um, I just want to tell you some notes that I took that I, I took away from this to make yourself available to the outcomes you want and to strive to reach the highest pinnacle of your mountain, whatever your mountain is. Right. You don't want to be on your your deathbed in regret. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Oh, you got a thank you right here. And um, any parting words, sir? Ah, that's a good one. Um, you know, Sam Cooke made that song called When I've Gone the Last Mile of the Way. And so in order for you to go the last mile of the way, you got to pull in the work. And when you are on your deathbed, you can look back in time and say, I've kept the faith. And now it's laid upon me a crown of life because I pull in the work to be the best version of myself. So I would say, as Sam Cook said it, when I've gone the last mile of the way, and then like the old folks would say, we don't understand now, but we understand better by by. So that's that. Those are my closing words. Amazing, uh, simply amazing. The Kosher Clinician, thank you so much for coming on. We made it happen, exactly. and right. I do not regret it. You know, wow. like I said, Sunday is my day to play tennis and do just a bunch of foolishness. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> but this was amazing. Thank no you doubt. so much. Thank you. Thank you. My Thank you. And you all make sure go to my website and um the black girls getting their shift together.com. That's in the show description as well. And you all have a good Sunday. Namaste. This has been pretty good.
You all have a good weekend. And oh, part two to this conversation is coming up Wednesday at 2 p.m. with Sarita Yvonne. She is also a therapist. So the women, we're going to get it too. So we're going to have tonight we had the male perspective from a therapist's eyes. And Wednesday we have a female perspective from a female therapist's eyes. Uh, Fair is fair. That's how I see it. You all have a good evening. the queen sisters manifesting their dreams get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem beauty supreme and booty walk so mean the way you fit in them jeans you eat your cornbread and greens dance or a doctor red wine or vodka redesign your spot and redefine your mantra retwist your locks and realign your chakras doing your squats and getting closer to god huh brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip adjust your crown you guys give to the world say celestial body drink your water meditate sun kiss goddess heavenly order Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure, you got to love a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift. joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all. Twenty twenty has proved that we must be prepared for the unexpected, which is why you should contact an Edward Jones financial advisor like Tonda Leo Day. Contact him at seven seven zero four six six zero zero three one to schedule an appointment. Tell him Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together sent you.